Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about a growing trend in retirement or pre-retirement living. A number of people are selling the family homestead and opting for life on the high seas. I'm not talking about the billionaire mega yachts. I'm also not talking about slumming it on a 25-foot wooden boat either. There's a large spectrum of options in the middle, and I personally know of many people who have made this lifestyle choice. In some cases, they maintain a land-based option, but often as a second vacation home. One story is a friend of mine named Ian, a former executive in the Nielsen Group of Companies. These are the folks who are responsible for the Nielsen TV ratings and all kinds of other statistics that businesses have come to rely upon. Ian retired sooner than most. He was in his mid-50s, a little unsure about whether he had saved up enough to last the next 40 years. He sold his home in New Jersey about five years ago and bought a 45-foot yacht. He and his wife spend the winter months in the Bahamas, sailing from island to island. When it's too hot in the south, the boat gets pulled out of the water in Florida and spends the summer in a cradle. From there, it's off to another vacation home in the Azores. The vacation property was purchased for about $45,000 and it's a small piece of paradise overlooking the other islands in the Atlantic. A large expat community means finding English speakers on this Portuguese island is not difficult at all. Modern navigation and communication equipment has come down in price in recent years and the latest systems use a collision avoidance system very similar to what aircraft use in the skies. It's now possible to get real-time weather updates on your electronic charts these systems are so much more sophisticated and have really increased boating safety dramatically. My wife and I are routinely spending time aboard our boat in Europe. Marina fees average about 500 bucks a month and it's an extremely affordable way to see the continent and keep a home base in Europe. Daily rates run anywhere from $40 a day on up to maybe even $200-$300 a day depending on the size of your boat. We feel very secure on board everywhere we go. Not only do advances in technology make the yachts easier to pilot with a smaller crew, they also make them more conducive to long-term living. Internet and phone connectivity on the water allows cruisers to spend a whole lot more time on their vessels while keeping in touch with family or, in my case, running a business. Over the past two months, this podcast has been published from the boat, and most listeners probably had no idea. We've experienced internet connectivity in Europe that is as good as our wired internet service at home in Canada. Our largest expense is actually renting a car in areas where car rentals can be more expensive. We don't need a car most of the time. Most things that we need are within walking distance or maybe a short bicycle distance from the port. And many marinas have bicycles available. The current marina we're in contains a mix of power and sailboats, and you can tell quickly who are the experienced mariners. We've also figured out who are the weekend cruisers and those who live aboard full-time. There's at least a dozen in our marina who live aboard full-time. They're typically in their early 60s, and they've embraced the minimalist lifestyle. They have all the latest gadgets and electronic-powered scooters and folding bikes on board. Living on board means careful planning. Things like getting a haircut or a large laundry sometimes requires more time than at home or on land. We have a washing machine for our clothing on board, but it lacks the capacity and the features of our land-based counterpart. On those days when we're not connected to power, we've got large solar panels that keep the batteries topped up. Our largest electricity draws refrigeration, and we can go several days on battery power alone without having to run the engine to charge the batteries. One of the latest trends in boats for retirement is the popularity of catamarans. These two-hull vessels are very wide and stable. They don't roll in an anchorage. The downside is they're a bit more expensive to purchase. 
They're also a lot more expensive to own since they occupy the same space as two boats in a marina. And the marina basically charges double the price of a monohull boat. In some cases, finding space in a marina can be more difficult because not only do you need two spaces, you need two spaces side by side, which is definitely more difficult to find. So your operating costs can be much higher. Catamarans come in two primary configurations, one for charters, where the goal is to maximize accommodations. These typically have four or six cabins and they can sleep up to 10 people. The owner versions of these same boats focus on the needs of a married couple. One of the hulls is going to be dedicated to having a large spacious office area, a workshop for getting things done, and maybe a large bathroom and dressing area. Some areas are experiencing significant increase in permanent liveaboard residents. One of the larger marinas we recently visited in Europe has over 4,000 boats. And I can tell you from walking the docks, you can tell which boats have liveaboard crew. If there's a small herb garden of basil or mint, chances are high that the owners live aboard. Whatever stereotyped idea you had about retirement, put it to the side for a moment because maybe some people are putting up that five-bedroom house in the suburbs for sale and casting off the lines for life on the high seas. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.